Welcome to Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Erin Wiseman. This podcast is all about learning to take care of yourself, your life, and your practice. Are you ready? Let's go. to one that is joy-filled, sustainable, and that you absolutely freaking love. Hey friend, thanks for joining me on another Dr. Me First. The episode I have today is one that you will need to put on when you want to get pumped up and revved up for your day. I'm speaking with Dr. Carmen Leandral. She is a cardiologist in Texas, and most importantly, she is a female empowerment speaker. She talks today on her word dare, and let me tell you, if you're not ready to take some action and turn your what-ifs into why-nots after this conversation, you need to listen to it again because it's that damn good. So let's get into our conversation and then stick around afterwards for a little bit of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Carmen Landrell. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, our tradition here on Dr. Me First is I let you do your own introduction. So tell everybody about who you are, your practice of medicine, and everything that makes you so amazing. Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm a cardiologist. I'm located in Houston, Texas. I've been here almost 17 years. I'm originally from Puerto Rico, and that's where I did my, uh, all my training up to med school. And then I, when I graduated, I came to Houston and did my residency in internal medicine and my fellowship in cardiology. Back in 2010, I started my own solo cardiology practice, which um, I heard from all my attendings that I was gutsy. And I think they meant I was crazy <laughs> because you know how it is. We don't know anything about business, but it has been an amazing school. It's great learning, uh, been learning with the punches. And um, to this day, I don't have a clinic anymore. I'm only in the hospital seeing inpatients and covering for other solo cardiology practitioners that are still out there. So we have a tiny little group of people that we are great colleagues, great friends, and that's what we do for each other while we are still trying to navigate the healthcare environment. Uh, I'm also a keynote speaker, and I speak on women's empowerment. So, and that's my new found love. And I love it because that is how we connected over Instagram with all of your inspirations you're putting out there. And I was telling you earlier before we jumped on, but I want to tell the audience, like, I definitely had a little fangirl moment whenever you signed up to be on the podcast because I do. I love what you're putting out into the world. I love your speaking events. I love that you are representing us as females in cardiology which is huge. And I think it's just so wonderful how you've modified your practice to fit what you're doing. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. And I'm glad that I have a fan. I'll be your (laughs) biggest fan. (laughs) Awesome. Well, the word that you picked for us to talk about today is dare. Tell me why you picked it. You know, dare, I think uh, it's a word that came to me, you know, I didn't make it happen. I didn't have the intention, but the more I 
establish myself in cardiology and the more, you know, as you can experience, I saw that as women, we have this conflict or these challenges. And many times we miss opportunities or we, are, we don't get recognition because we don't dare. We simply don't dare. And I think this starts at a, at a very young age. You know, I, I like to tell my younger colleagues or even the girls growing up, just dare, ask the question and dare to have the question answered to your satisfaction. And it's something that happened to me as well. You know, just like I was telling you, I dare to go solo. Um, of course, didn't know all the details, but I, I just decided to do it for myself. And in the end, it just, what's going to happen, it's going to be my responsibility. It's going to be the consequences of my actions. So might as well, I rather dare to do something and then regret or maybe learn from the experience than eventually regretting not actually taking action. Because I think one of the worst things that can happen to people is looking back and say, what if? You know, I had all this potential. What if I had done that? What if I had at least dared to take the first step? I know. It's so good because as I'm doing this life coaching, I ask the same questions. I'm like, what's the one thing in your life that you cannot do at this point? What is it that you've got to step out? Because you're right. It's such a combination of like excitement and fear and just that unknown that one of the Instagram quotes I loved seeing is, is off of the movie, the crudes where it's, they're talking about like, what if I fall? And it's like, what if you fly? You won't yes. ever know. That's true. What if you fly? What if you succeed? And, and you know, I think as physicians, it's harder for us because we have to be perfect. People don't understand many times. Well, just go ahead. Yes, I can be good enough in business, but in medicine, most of the times you have to be perfect. You cannot fail. And any failure is kind of personal. You know, if, we, if things don't go our way or something uh, doesn't happen the way we expect it, it takes a toll on, on you. Um, and, and that's why I'm like, you know what? Let's just dare. Let's take action. Let's just try to be different. Try to, if this is what you want, go for it. Why not? When I, when I was um, deciding to become a keynote speaker, not even deciding, deciding to give my first talk, I had a lot of self-doubt. I had a lot of um, what if so-and-so sees it or what is so-and-so going to say. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they think. At the end of the day, it's me, my decisions, and I'm doing this just to help other women. I'm trying to be a keynote speaker, or I am a keynote speaker that does empowerment of women, of professional women in male-dominated careers. We all need this. There's more people that's needed to do this, so I should be the one, if this is my passion, I should be the one to go ahead and do it. Just dare and do it. Who cares what other people think? So I had to psych myself for that as well. It's not something that just happens, you know? <laughs> exactly. And I think that's a key ingredient that sometimes we, we leave out. Like we talk about daring to explore, daring to step out, daring to try something off of the beaten path. But I think you can speak to this a little bit more. Like there's a lot of play up to that point. It's not like for me, for instance, it's not like I just decided one day that I was just the next day not going to go to my medical practice and start being a life coach. Like there's a lot of background work to that. And so I want to, to give note to that so that our listeners, well, you could do it, but I can't. No, there's so much like of that work up to that dare that you're working towards. Tell me a little bit about that in your own life. You know, it's funny that you say it because exactly what you say that you can do it, but I can't. Um, I've heard that so many times from other young women and 
all I tell them is go for it. Why not? Well, you know, and they have this self-doubt. Um, most of the time it's our mindset. Most of the times we have these blockages in our brains that don't let us to move forward. It's just this fear of failure or fear of opinion, other people's opinion. At the end of the day, you have to do it. Are you going to be happier if you don't do it? Or are you going to be happy if you try? Maybe not necessarily you fail. Maybe the outcome is not what you expected, but you tried and you figure it out along the way. You know, I didn't just happen to be a keynote speaker. I was looking for things, uh, other things to do about five years ago. You know, I was starting to feel the effect of burnout with all the changes in healthcare, having my own solo practice and all the other responsibilities that I have because I'm also a mom and a wife and a daughter. So all these things come into play. So I was trying to find that something that would give me a little bit more satisfaction. And one thing led to another. I dipped into medical writing. Well, I realized it wasn't for me. So, hey, nothing's happened. Nothing's happening. Let me just change tracks and let me keep looking for that answer. So when I discovered that keynote speaking is something I could do and I'm a natural, I love it. Um, I, I was like, this is what I have to do. And then came, of course, the topic and how do I train for this and how do I prepare? So it's been a process. It's not something that you, you don't have to have the answer right now, the final answer. Just go ahead, take the first step and do it. Yeah, go that's for it. so important. Taking that first step, being willing to start the journey, because this is where I think they not they in the hypothetical sense get us in medicine is like you get set on the tracks and then you follow the tracks when in real life it's nothing like tracks it's like walking in the woods you can go any direction in any any place and I think that's what almost impairs us by being trained medically we're like we're the freaking tracks <laughs> right. when it's like you when it's like you got to be on the no plan plan like you just have to take the steps and be like okay where did this lead you know and so many times as I'm working with especially residents and like being like what do you want out of life and they're like well such and such told me I should do this and I'm like what do you want out of life and they're like well my parents expect me and I'm like what do you want out of life and they're so scared to even state it like, maybe I don't want to be a family medicine physician who works in an outpatient. And I'm like, that's okay. That's important to know, too, what you don't want. But you've got to dabble. You've got to play. And that's where I think medical education has really had a detriment, is that sometimes we get so restrictive that we don't let people kind of meddle around in the mess. And I love to hear that you tried medical writing and you're like, mm, not for me. Kind of like what I did. I tried ER and I was like, yeah, I learned a lot of good stuff. I grew as a clinician, not my forever job. And then the great thing is, and what I want to encourage our listeners is you shift, you go another direction and try something else because when you find your joy, oh man, it's amazing. It's fantastic. It's I think the experience is out of this world. And I want to expand a little on that because from what you said, you know, many times, as we said before, when people say, you can do it, but I can't, I would like for them to think, instead of thinking that way, saying, if she can do it, so can I. Just go for it. Let me try it. Let me do my best. And many times, I understand, many times we are scared of disappointing people, and that's also very valid. Because we have people who have invested a lot in our future, our parents, our spouses, our family members, our loved ones. And that's true. That's very valid. But at the same time, 
I'm sure they all want us to be happy. I am sure that they all, they all want us to succeed in any way that we think is best for us. So if you want to be a physician and it turns out that this is not for you, it's okay to change career paths. Or you want to be a certain specialty along the way, you say, maybe I want to do something else, go ahead. Or you want to be a physician and also an entrepreneur who says it cannot happen, go for it. You know, it's, it's really interesting because many times we think that you're a physician, what else do you need? Well, this is not all. This is my job. This is what I do. Not, not exactly who I am. I'm so many other things. And just putting me in this one little box of a physician, it just, it creates a, a mental status of hard to get out of, you know? Because mm-hmm. many people, I'm sure you as a life coach have the experience, many, many people telling you, I don't have any other talents. I don't know what else I can do. Actually, to become a physician, you need so many talents. You need to be like, I don't know, more than the average, right? Yes. But it just happened, like you said. It's so linear that only we see is this only path where we've been through that we either forgot or, I don't know, maybe we are just blind to other things that we can do. So yeah, there's more to us than just being one thing. Absolutely. I tell people, I feel like what medicine does is it like covers you up. And like you've got to kind of go unveiling. It's not about rediscovering yourself or like reinventing yourself. You're there. You're under all of it. It's just about like peeling back those layers. And the really cool thing that I think now being, you know, in this decade of life compared to last decade is the reality that I get to choose. Like no more do I have to rely on someone else telling me this is your rotation, this is your path. Like now it's, and it's almost scary in a way, but it's also a lot of fun to be like, no, if I don't want to do it, I say no. And if I want to do it, I say hell yes and jump into it. That's great because no is a word that we need to learn, especially as women. Oh my God, these boundaries, our boundaries sometimes are too flexible or non-existent. (laughs) So yeah, we need to learn to say no, not necessarily every time, but we have to acknowledge and like your podcast, me first, I have to put myself first. By putting myself first, I put my loved ones first. You know, I'm sure that everybody who's listening or most people who are listening are very familiar with missing important dates with our family members, missing, you know, milestones. And I've been there too. What happens at the end? Yes, we're doing something of value, but we also end up regretting certain decisions when we could have just said, no, not this time. There's always another opportunity to cover. There's always another opportunity to work more. There's not necessarily another opportunity to spend quality time with your family or yourself. Why can't it be just a day that I just say no to everything and I lay back and I, and I rest? I had an attending one time who told me, uh, it still sticks to me because I'm like laughing as you're talking. He said, nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I would have picked up one more shift. That's true. And I was like, oh my God, that's so insightful. And so that's, that almost empowers me to, to say no. And the other thing too that I remind people is when you're saying no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. Absolutely. And so I think that's an important thing to remember is like when you're, when you're saying no to picking up the extra shift or call or whatever, you're saying yes to other 
things in your life, other priorities in your life. And if you can see that balance instead of like, oh my God, I'm letting my partners down or oh my God, they're going to think I'm selfish. Be like, no, I'm saying yes to whatever it is. And I think that helps establish those boundaries. Cause like I like to put boundaries is, so I'm a good farm girl and we use fences to keep things out, but we also use fences to keep things in that we want in our lives. That's true. And those fences do not necessarily have to be physical. It could be just the mental fence of, you know, just like we just said, no, not this time. I can't. Um, and you know, it's just about not wanting to disappoint. It's not wanting to feel bad about how we relate with other people, but we end up feeling bad with ourselves when we just say yes to everything and everyone and we don't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. So that's why, you know, that's why I like to present this to women, women in, in especially male dominated careers, because when we are working with our colleagues or our peers and there's that male female interaction, sometimes there's that way, that block of saying, you know, I want to tell him no, or I want to, but I don't want to be seen as a troublemaker. I don't want to be seen as someone that's difficult. I just want to be accepted by everyone. When in reality, it's not possible. (laughs) And also saying no does not determine that you're not a peer or you're not someone that they cannot work with. It means that at this time, you're putting value on something that is not necessarily the same thing that they want to bring to you. So be very clear, be very true to yourself. That's my best advice. And also just make sure that when you express it, yes, you can be firm, but also we can also be polite. We don't have to say, no, I'm sorry. I don't use that word. I don't say, no, I'm sorry. Do not do that. But just say, no, I can't. And that's enough. You don't need to explain. You don't need to do anything. And most of the times people understand. They, they know because they're asking you. Otherwise, they will be doing it themselves, whatever it is they're asking you to do. Yeah, I've started using those substituting words instead of saying sorry. I'll say, thank you for asking, but no, I'm not going to do it. And so when you, I've started using gratitude and thank you, substituting it for sorry. And because that is really important because sorry makes this imbalance and there's no imbalance. It's only what you're implied. So I am super interested to hear about more about with your keynote speaking, topics that you talk on, people who you've talked to. Tell me more about this. Yeah, um, I work with corporations where there are women who are working in male-dominated careers. So my goal is to go to this, uh, either it's a conference or a workshop um, or training, and present my signature talk is one of the things I do. My signature talk is called Know Your Worth. However, I'm working on something for the future, but I'm not going to reveal anything just yet. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a secret reveal later. We'll do a secret reveal. Um, My signature talk is Know Your Worth. And it's based on, as women, we need to understand that we bring value to wherever we are, especially in the workplace. Many times women complain that they don't get a promotion or they don't get a recognition when they have put so much work into their careers. However, have you made it clear to other people that you actually want this, whether it's a an increase in your salary, whether it's a promotion, what is it that you, that you want? Have you made it clear to others that, it, that exactly you want to be a game player? And the other thing is actually making sure that we express what we need to express in a way that, that others can listen. Because um, when you are a woman, one of the things we do is nurturing. We nurture a lot. We don't want to disappoint. We don't want to others feel, to make them feel uncomfortable. However, 
that holds us back. We should be able to express what we feel in a way that's communicated clearly and not exactly feel that we are either crossing any boundaries or actually making people feel bad or don't do things out of fear um, that there's going to be any type of retaliation. And what I mean is that as women, we try a lot to make people happy, do other things that we should not be doing when in the end it's holding us back. Um, And the reason why it's called Know Your Worth is because it's based on value more than a price. Even though I talk about negotiation and I talk about, um, you know, asking for what you want and how to express it, but it's also uh, based on value, on the experience and the emotions that this brings to the group as you, including you as a woman and the other people around you. So um, when I speak, I usually try to uh, direct it to professional women. And the reason is because after being so many years in this career where I have been and many times the only woman in the group or uh, most of the times because cardiology is mostly male dominated, um, I've been surrounded with men. That interaction has helped me understand how to move forward. And I want to bring it to other women. It started in the hospital. It started with, with the younger residents and fellows, sometimes the nurses, even medical students when they ask me, how do you do it? how you have all these responsibilities and how are you just accomplishing what you do? Um, Of course, they don't see behind the scenes, but at the same time, I noticed that there is a common denominator to all of us. And we many times don't even, we're afraid to speak. We don't ask questions. We don't dare to have the questions asked, answered to our satisfaction. We don't dare to say, this is who I am. This is why I deserve it. And that's where, where my signature talk comes into play. I love it so much. So if people are interested in this, either like finding a place that you're doing this at, or I don't know if we have a YouTube presence or anything like that, where can they go to check you out more? I'm on social media. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, my handle on, in all platforms is Dr. Landrau, Dr. Landrau, and my website is drlandrau.com. Awesome. Well, we will get that in the show notes for everybody so you can go and check it out. And then when you launch this next super special project, then we can all cheer for you and get it out into the world because I think it's just amazing. I think it's so important that, yes, as women physicians, we have gotten a seat at the table, but now it's time to speak up. And it's time to like use that position, use that seat that we have. And I love how you are using your own experience and everything that you have gathered to further promote the rest of us. That's right. Uh, I like what you said about seat at the table. Let's sit at the table and let's sit closer to the head of the table if we can. And I know most of us can do that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait for the day that I sit at the table and it's all my female colleagues and the men are in the minority. (laughs) I've been there and it feels fantastic. (laughs) Good. Good. I recently joined an organization that is woman led and 
it's a huge difference. And I love how your talk encompasses the worth and not attaching evidently dollars to it, but like showing that value in so many different ways. Cause I too work with women around negotiations and like how to ask for what you want, knowing your non-negotiables, knowing what you bring into it besides just your CV and what it says on that piece of paper. And so I just applaud you and lift you up. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, there you have it. Dr. Carmen Landral and her amazing Puerto Rican spirit. I love it so much. I love what she's doing trailblazing. And I love that she reminded all of us to know our worth. Thank you so much again. All right. For your kick of encouragement today, I have three pointers to come off of this. The first one, meddle around in the mess. So many times we let our perfectionistic type A personalities say we have to do it perfectly or we're not going to do it at all. Well, let me tell you. How many times things do not get done when we go with it with that mentality? Done is better than perfect. Make a mess of things because I guarantee you'll be able to clean it up just fine. Figure out what you're doing, meddle around, and keep moving forward. Number two kind of springboards off of that. Do the shitty first draft. I have a post-it note that I have stuck on my desk that I don't remove. And it says, do the shitty first draft. And that could be me when it comes to a blog post, when it comes to writing an article for a website, when it comes to doing this podcast, whatever it is, that post-it note reminds me, just do it. Do the shitty first draft, get something started, and then you can go from there. Because if you just keep sitting and just flailing around in the unknown and like trying to figure out all the questions and you don't actually do the doing, nothing gets done. All right. And number three is shift and try the next thing. After you get that shitty first draft, adapt to it. Step into something different. I cannot tell you how many times I've started something and has not gone the way that I wanted to, but it ended out better. Let me give you a for instance. So you guys know that I'm going through several different job transitions. I'm trying a lot of different things out. And one of those jobs was being a medical director at a local county jail. Really unloved doing it. Really enjoyed my half day clinic and going and taking care of that special population. Well, guess what though? It was a county job and budgets change and they've sourced it out to a vendor that came in cheaper. So I'm no longer doing that. I loved it though, and that gave me the awareness that I needed to continue to do something in the public health arena. So now I know to shift and to move something different. And let me tell you, the company that I was working for is 100% on board of that, and I'm excited to see the new opportunities that's going to come with this shift. So just meddle around in the mess, do the shitty first draft, and then be ready to shift into something new, into the next something. 
Guys, I so appreciate you listening to the podcast. I hope that you're gaining a lot of encouragement and inspiration. I hope that by hearing other people's stories, you realize that you're in charge of your story too. I would love to come alongside of you and help you with your journey. If you're looking for that special someone who can give you some guidance, help you make an impact, and really hear you, I think it's time that we have a conversation together. So get a free coaching call with me. The link is in the show notes. So just check it out on my website. And it's so easy. Click, 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 and you are scheduled. So I encourage you to do that today. And always, please remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Bye.